Hi, I'm James Schillinglaw here in Washington, D.C., and we're here at the National Press Club for the actual kickoff of ASTA's annual legislative day. And actually, it's also a kickoff of their annual surveys, and we just heard from that. And we're here with Zane Kirby, who's ASTA's president and CEO. We're going to ask Zane about what's going on in legislative day this year, as well as some of the results of the survey that just came out. And there are some, actually some encouraging things that uh, were discussed uncovered by this survey, and you're going to hear about all that and more on Insider Travel Report. Now, Zane, first of all, great to see you. We haven't seen each other for since, uh, I guess it was the Astor River Cruise Expo, which was a very yeah. great success for you. And here we are at uh, Asta Legislative Day, and we're the kickoff, and tomorrow you're going to go up to the Hill to kind of lobby for travel advisors. And actually, one of the biggest issues you had actually disappeared, which was the inbound testing requirements. So um, talk a little bit about that, first of all, the, the importance of that. Yeah, such a collective sigh from everyone in our organization and, and travelers across across the world that the inbound testing requirement for, for, air, for flights into the United States has, has finally rescinded, uh, that really uh, was put wind in our sails yeah. because it, it caused us a, a kind of certainty that once people go abroad, they're not going to get stuck there at their own expense, they're not going to have to navigate a foreign country's healthcare system in order to get tested again to return to the United States. So it really brought that certainty back to the travel planning and because of that, um, it, again, it's put a lot of wind in our sails. It's, uh, you know, the phones are ringing off the hook. Um, they, we are seeing uh, enormous double-digit growth, growth to places like Western Europe, the Caribbean, and Mexico. And even in South America and other places are, are still, uh, you know, experiencing extraordinary growth because of it. So inbound testing, thankfully, is, is uh, in our rearview mirror. You know, the, the Biden administration was the one that actually rescinded the CDC's orders, so it, it shows that perhaps there was even some daylight between the CDC and the Biden administration, which, which we would welcome, because uh, there are so many more considerations to take than just the, the strict lens of public health, and we think that the Biden administration is, is now uh, attuned to that. Um, we are going up the hill tomorrow. There's still enormous priorities that we have. Well, that's what I was wondering. What are the priorities? That was the big one, and yeah. uh, a year ago, boy, it was actually survival last year, uh, but it still involves a little bit of survival though because you still want some measures that you had bills that you were trying to support some kind of evaporated now you got to get back on the schedule talk a little bit about what you're going up to the hill for net tomorrow yeah there are house and senate bills that both will restore the employee tax retention credit the employee ERTC and uh, that would really help because the, e the fourth quarter ERTC was stripped out of the infrastructure uh, uh, bill last year. It was, it was used as a pay-for for funding for the infrastructure projects that, that the Biden administration wanted to, to uh, uh, implement. So um, we have been working with Congress over the last 12 months to get them put back in. And uh, the, thankfully there are two. There's a, both a House and a Senate bill that are going to do just that. They're going to give our members who have employees access to this ERTC. Uh, for fourth quarter last year, it's very it's it's a rich program. It means that if if they paid uh, employees uh, last in the last quarter of last year ten thousand dollars, they could get a seven thousand dollar credit for those wages uh, from directly from the IRS. So it's a great rich program. You know, our members have been desperate to hire to to you know train employees to Which keep. It's been a big issue right now. Right? It's, it's a massive issue. So uh, in order to kind of honor the the hiring that they did when they knew that this program was in place and they could take take advantage of it for the first three quarters of the year. It seems strange to sort of pull this back at, at a time when our industry is still just trying to just trying to find its, its sea legs. And actually, as you mentioned during the session just now, uh, that that hiring, finding new good 
employees and good independent contractors is 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 a challenge uh, post pandemic. It's a challenge across the entire travel industry. You are seeing it in the hotel side, even you know TSA as well as the airlines. Everyone's ha having a challenge finding talent. So uh, one of the other things, though, that the pandemic revealed is that you know the the CDC kind of became the de facto Department of Transportation. So we actually have commerce, we have transportation, and we also have the CDC. So we actually you know there there's a move afoot in Congress to create a cabinet level position within the Commerce Department that whose role it would be to, to, to oversee and manage travel and we're fully sort in favor of back of to the future there, there used to be one many 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 years ago and now it evaporated back I think during the Clinton administration we're one of the only uh, you know only countries in the world that doesn't have a cabinet level position for 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 tourism and so this again would would give us a real uh, a strong place to go and look to and take our issues to uh, that that would uh, that would certainly be more uh, pro travel and, and pro now, uh, during this uh, session we just had at the National Press Club, you revealed the results of several surveys, actually, but one particular. What are some of the, the good points that came out of those surveys, in your view, uh, that are really you know, positive for travel and travel advisors? Um, first off, travel obviously continues to be really complicated, and uh, because of that, those complications, consumers are have awakened to, to the need to use to get professional advice and to work with a travel advisor. I mentioned in one of my remarks that you know, at the beginning of, of, of uh, last, the last decade, it was up to 90% of people were, were doing all the travel on their own, and with about 10% using travel advisors, that number is now up to 45% of people who are saying, hey, you know what, travel is really complicated. I'm I'm going to need more professional advice. Our chairman, Mark Castro, said that that for the calls that that, that that they are taking at Flight Center, that the booking time is longer and that there's twice as many calls and twice right. as many emails. But that is because people need more assurance. They and, and working with a professional travel advisor is good. So it's good to be a travel advisor. The other thing that came from the, the study that I think is just fantastic for our business is that people have been pent up for two years and they're just not taking it anymore. They, they've absorbed the price increases that they've seen in both the airlines and hotels and stays, and they're just desperate to get out there and desperate to see the world because you know it is I, I said this in my remarks that it's endemic to the human spirit to go and see and do and when they when that right has been curtailed uh, you know people are they're making up for lost time well I know and that survey was great I mean how long they'll keep that pent-up demand in the face of higher higher prices we we have to cross our fingers and think that they will uh, because the, a lot of them you know at this point why not I mean go and travel right it's true uh, now I, I don't know about you James but every time I go somewhere I want to go three more places so I, I think that that getting back out there uh, it, it is it's, it's what John said in his remarks it's it, it's one of these uh, markers that the pandemic is over and and just because and because of that I think it's going to help people feel normal again and want to continue doing it so I, I you know I, I don't have a crystal ball I can't tell what prices are going to do but I, I think that those will moderate over time but I don't know that it's going to quench people's thirst to travel and of course this week we're hitting yet with yet another slew of airline cancellations delays so people want to travel but very often in fact a lot of some of the folks here who came down to go go to the, your, this event this lobbying uh, uh, sessions uh, couldn't get down here or they were delayed. Now what, what can ASTA do with the airlines to sort of get on the same page and try to get things going? 
Yeah, it's it's a real problem, and it's it's not just with the airlines or the TSA as well. And, and there's certainly different choke points at, at airports, and and uh, we we just our our plea today with the airline with our airline partners is that as soon as they know something, it, why they communicate better. It, it's it's better. It's it's faster and 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 uh, more timely communication. Um, our members are are they're they're working diligently for for the traveling public, but when someone gets to the airport and they still and and the flight has been canceled and it, it just, you know, the snowball effect uh, uh, starts to occur, it, it's just really hard for everybody. So the more advanced notice we can get on canceled flights or postponed flights, the better off it's going to be for everybody. Well, I took the train down here, so I didn't, that didn't bother <laughs> me that much. Uh, anything else you want to say to your members, to other travel advisors out there about ASTA today, what you're trying to accomplish uh, this legislative day? And of course, you have upcoming your conference in San Francisco, right? Well, we, we'd love to see more people in San Francisco. That's wonderful. It's the end of August uh, 23 to 25 if I'm correct but I, I think the, the main thing I'd leave you with is that you know it's the, there are rules of the road that are being set by our elected officials that's just how democracy works and you really owe a debt of gratitude to the 235 trial advisors who have come here from 47 states to make sure that our elected officials you know, have a living, breathing example of, of a travel advisor, and they understand the issues that are affecting our business. So uh, we're grateful that, that so many came. Again, this is a record-setting year, but we'd love to see more, more folks at Legislative Day and obviously more folks at, at our global convention. Well, Zane, first of all, thank you for taking the time to speak with me. Uh, it was great to be down here. It's a great networking event, actually, at uh, Legislative Day. A lot of good people come down here, a lot of great travel advisors, a lot of industry people. Uh, it, it really has become a, a, a date on the calendar you have to be at, uh, as well as the ASTA uh, you know, conference every year, which is incredible. Again, thank you so much, and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you in San Francisco. Sounds great. Thanks, James. Great to have you here. I'm James Schillinglaw, and this is Insider Travel Report.